Mariah Carey has one of the greatest Christmas albums. Ooh, every year we turn it up to Mariah. But we live 11 other months besides December. Before they get in your What's up, what's up, good people? Welcome into Montgomery and Company. I'm Renee Montgomery. Woo-wee. Let me start by saying you're welcome. We have Miss Pat of the Miss Pat Show coming on. It's on BET. Check it out on BET Plus and get the unfiltered version. But she's coming on a whole lot of laughs. We're going to start out with the newsroom. We're going to start bringing you news topics that we saw this week that we just got to talk about. And speaking of talking about things, we're going to have a MoCo debate. And boy, I tell you, these MoCo debates, we're going to be bringing them to you more often. But we're going to pick a topic or multiple topics and we're going to debate about it or talk about it. It's a fun week. Also, it's playoffs. The WNBA playoffs are here. Listen in. Follow the WNBA. It's going to be lit. Let's go! All right, so the playoff push was this past week, and the Atlanta Dream, unfortunately, we didn't make the playoffs, but boy, did we have just an overall amazing experience for this season. Like, I can't say enough that... We just wanted to get the city behind us and we just wanted to start laying the foundation for what we wanted to be as an organization. And I'm really excited about where we are. Of course, I wanted to make the playoffs. Y'all know that I want to win. So I'm just going to say, like, in case you forgot, I like to win. But I'm really excited about where we are and where we left off. And even just going into the offseason, like, I feel like the offseason is now my end season being on the executive side now. So just excited for everything going on in Atlanta, the city of Atlanta, but especially with the Atlanta dream. But I'm also going to go into the playoffs a little bit because we didn't make the playoffs, but the show does go on. And, oh, I'm going to tell you right now, the matchups are interesting. So the first matchup is the number one team, the Las Vegas Aces, who a lot of people think are going to be the favorite. They're matched up against the Phoenix Mercury. Now, the Phoenix Mercury, for some reason, every single year, they figure out a way to win. They they have made the postseason 10 straight years in a row. It's something about Phoenix where they find out how to get in. They even lost five of their last seven games. Didn't matter still in the playoffs. So they're going to match up against the Las Vegas Aces. And then we have the number two team in the Chicago Sky. They're matching up against the New York Liberty. Now, on paper, this should be an easy matchup. But I just don't think any matchups are easy in the WNBA. Two versus seven, a lot of times people are oh I'm not paying attention to that one you better pay attention to that one I do think that Chicago will end up coming up on top because they just they're gelled they're seasoned they have veterans they know how to win but New York they're playing really really well right now and not just like these last couple games they played well this whole past month so they're coming in with momentum that's going to be fun to watch and then I think the series to watch is Seattle against the Washington Mystics because that's the four verse five and it's going to get interesting because while Seattle is stacked I'm very interested to see the defense of the Mystics go against Seattle it's offense versus defense and a lot of times people say defense wins championships so that's going to be one to watch and then the last matchup is Connecticut against Dallas Dallas doesn't have Arike Agumba Wallace but man they've been playing well the number two offense in the league McCowan was player of the month on the west coast so that team is looking exciting long story short tap into the playoffs man it's going on right now the WNBA playoffs 2022 
we're going to start a little thing called the MoCo Newsroom because there's a lot going on every single week. I know y'all see the wild articles, the wild headlines. I know y'all see just the news going on. We want to talk about it more. So we're going to start a newsroom and we're going to just throw some topics out there and we're going to discuss them. What's going on out there, y'all? I mean, it could be good news, too, but a lot of the news I see and I'll be roaming those Twitter streets. I see some wild things. So I'm just going to start out. This one's not wild. It's just interesting because we kind of knew this moment was coming for NIL and now it's here. So the headline reads LSU quarterback Miles Brennan is walking away from football, but he will still keep his NIL deals. This guy was expected to be the starting quarterback for LSU. The deals were through the roof. He has deals with Raising Cane's, Smoothie King, a Ford dealership, mad money going his way. Now, some people are under the feelings that, hey, listen, they gave him that money, hoping that he would be the starting quarterback, expecting him to, but that's not his problem when he didn't get it and he walked away from football. Other people are like, hey, you know, they gave him that money thinking that, you know, he was going to be the starting quarterback and that they were going to get almost an ROI on their investment. And now he's literally walking away from the game of football because he lost the starting quarterback job. So I'm just, that's what I read. Boardroom Dot com is where I read it, but like this one's interesting. This one just says he has a great agent. <laughs> he has yeah. a premier agent. He has an agent that is worth every penny that he got because that agent said and understood the assignment. He's like, this man may not make it. So we need to just make sure he locks in his money. So basically they was like, regardless of what happens, we keeping the money. Let me do a caveat so that people know no college athlete can get in a deal based on their performance on the court. It's not like professional athletes. This is the difference between college and pro. So every college athlete, this was the big concern to why the Gatorades and the big ones were like, hey, we're going to proceed with caution because this is the situation. This is what I led with as in this is the situation that brands feared. What happens if? That's what you get. (laughs) That's what you get. You shouldn't have made that deal till after he got the position. That's why I don't understand. See, this is why I say this is what you get because who gives somebody money? And this is the argument I've had from the beginning. And I said it about, I think it was another Bryce that was in Alabama. Oh, yeah. Bryce Young. Remember, we had this conversation before. It all kind of said it was really happening. I said, wonder if he doesn't do it. Do you want to give him all this money? That is completely the situation. You're supposed to make the deal post. Mm. That money might make you a little lazy. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Might. I mean, really. You get all that money. That's why we say, you know, you give kids something, they don't appreciate it. Because they was too easy. I mean, we are dealing with younger kids. Because I was going to (laughs) say, usually bonus money make me turn up. Okay, so you give me a little money, I'm going to turn up one time for the one time. But he didn't make it. It didn't matter how much he turned up. I mean, I can see this being a problem with with, <laughs> with traditional thinking people, you know, and then like new age thinking because I don't know, like giving money not based on your performance. I guess there is no risk if you don't care about the performance. Right. It's interesting because you're like they can't give money based on performance. You're right. But they do expect performance. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> potato, potato, <laughs> tomato, tomato. They literally said this man sold them a dream. This is all this. But he was his agent good. sold a like dream he wasn't in the running. He was really in the running. He just lost Doesn't the matter. battle. 
doesn't matter. As them kids are running on the field with the new kids jersey who actually made the team, this Smoothie King and who this whoever ended up being else, the starting quarterback. Was, oh, he made no. the team. He just didn't make the starting quarterback. Hither, tither, and toe. Again, I say, <laughs> if the kids, the kids are going to be yes. And then the thing is, okay, and see, that's another part of it. See, if he didn't have these nil deals, he would work hard <laughs> to become the starting quarterback, yeah. or he would transfer to somewhere lazy. he could become the starting quarterback. It made him lazy. Yeah. So now he's. Yeah. Like, what's yeah. the point? What is the point? Yeah. What are we talking about? Because I'm yeah. saying, and we're like, well, if he can do it, then we can do it too. I think that Shoot. this is a risk you got to take. Like, if you're a brand dealing with college athletes, you don't know. Like, it's like in the NBA, if Chris Paul is not the starting quarterback again next year, this is shocking news. And if you're a brand and that happens, you, we all are shocked with you. That's why, you know, when you're in the pros, it's different. Like, we know Natasha Cloud. Wait, did you just say starting quarterback? Starting point guard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I know. I'm in football. You know, football mode. Come on, Falcons. <laughs> we coming to the first game. But anyway, I'm just saying that it's like with pros, that's what's the thing. It's more understood who is who. And so with college athletes, you really don't know. Like, he lost the starting quarterback position and then he walked away from football. And that's what I'm saying. Let's just say this. They knew better. If you've been dealing with pros, you don't give pros money until they do professional things, things that deserve this money. So you are actually giving, like I said, they sold him a dream. He had a great agent because they're saying, oh, he's going to start. Oh, he's going to play. And then they're mm-hmm. like, and the coach is like, oh, no, he's not. Well, then that's on you. That's that's the risk that you took. So all I got to say is he got a great agent. So that was my news story that okay. caught my attention. Okay. So look, meanwhile, <laughs> let's, I don't know if I'm going to be moving to California anytime soon, even Uh-oh. though I don't know if this is going to happen in our lifetime. But it says that scientists warn California could endure devastating flooding in upcoming decades. Mm. What? Okay, so Luke was not her head like, yep, I read that article too. Yeah. It was okay. First of all, I saw this and I thought that this was just like junk mail or something because I was like, yeah, right, whatever. Okay, but then this was actually posted on Baller Alert. And y'all already know that if it's posted on Baller Alert, it gotta have some credibility to it. Okay. Yeah. Baller Alert. Poor California. Uh, Sam, you're saying that they're gonna be flooded. All my life I've heard they're gonna drop off into the ocean at some point in time from (laughs) an earth. I'm saying it sounds like a movie. (laughs) It really sounds like all these San Andreas movies, all the Armageddon movies. But the article says scientists are now warning that massive flooding will likely hit the state within the upcoming decades. It says the Grimm study was published Friday in the Sciences Advances Journal. And so according to the report, a mega flood could bring water high enough to cover stop signs in all the areas. And it says that the last time this happened was in eight. 1860. A Noah's Ark. We read the Bible verse. What are we talking about? I read that Bible verse. First of all, every dude named Noah right now, you're winning because I'm about to find him because it's That's somebody what I'm saying. Noah. It really does sound like some biblical stuff, for it real sounds though. like Noah's Ark. He built the Ark. He got two and two. We know the Bible verses. We've heard this story before. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to tell you. A lot of these news stories, it's like, where did I hear that before? Oh, the Bible. It's like, <laughs> what is going on? Well, I was like, I'm you. glad I'm living in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm not going to lie. Even though that's... <laughs> 
that's what I was about to say. I was right with Sam. I said, you know what? I complain <laughs> about the four seasons I have. But one thing's for sure and two things for real. I wake up every day. I know this world ain't shaking. My earth mm-hmm. ain't shaking under my feet. Mm-hmm. My house is not going to fall off into a fault. I'm not going to be a hurricane season. They're going to come through and, and wipe my house back to Dorothy and, and the yellow brick road and all other <laughs> stuff. I said, so I know there are certain things that, yes, I have to endure stupid amount of snow but it goes away you know my house don't go away but it goes away so yes and these people who don't believe it's real they about to find out I mean, and did you guys hear about the Arizona flooding? You guys heard about all the weather that's going on in well, Arizona, it's flooding right? Here it's flooding. I saw it's about flooding a bad here. I saw something about a drought. Yeah, as there's well. a drought too. There's, there's a, a drought. drought in in those areas because I know that they're about to start having people limit. So the guy was saying, "What y'all think was going to happen to the reservoir when you keep on using, 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 and you don't put nothing back in?" And he was, they were like, mm. "People are about to have to be on. What is it called where they make you use less and different things like that of the water?" Um, where oh, they make oh, you- oh, uh, cur- like a curfew or like a no 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 what's it called when they they say you can only use a certain amount yeah. a day where they they, they tell you in the yeah. united states are about to do that thing and i know everybody at home is probably like it's oh, called wow. this and it's like whatever that this thing is we got people flooding on one side we got a drought on the other side and the droughts are bringing about bones did you hear about that so all these lakes are <laughs> all these lakes are drying up and they <laughs> find and dead, pe- dead people that oh, have been wow. killed oh, and thrown wow. in oh yeah they're there's because it's receding what? so much what? that now Dexter is going on that's exactly what's happening now they had the anybody's all, all those bones they, that's what I'm saying get, they're getting about to get caught because mm-hmm. these bones are coming up with these receding uh lakes and rivers wow. and and quarries and all those other stuff. I'm not quarries but uh reservoirs and all that it's starting to expose some people's Ooh. dirt and they're gonna find out that they about to get Knock for the feds. So I'm about to warn all my California friends: just get get out while you can. Sell, you sell, 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 sell. <laughs> yeah, sell, right. Sell, and that's sell. another thing too. People are gonna be like, "Oh, in decades, we got 20 years." It's like that's how people's mindset is. But that's an interesting the one to keep our eye on. Who else? What else is going on around the world? Well, let me just chime in on it because you know I work with careers and all of that all of my life, so I'm always looking at these career articles. And I read this one from A. ABC News that said that burned out employees are, do you know what the term is called now? Mm-mm. Quiet quitting is what it's called. <gasps> oh, quiet. quiet quitting their jobs, which means that That's because term. Uh, when the pandemic came through and everybody was working in front of their computers from nine to five, they got kind of burnt out and, you know, it was not the ideal work situation. So now that everything's going back to normal and some are remote part and working in the office part or whatever, they still feel they're doing too much money for the amount of work they're being paid. And so quiet quitting is just saying, I'm just going to do only what's necessary in my oh, job. I'm not wow. going to put so out any extra I thought quiet quitting was like, wait, 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 wait. You don't even actually quit on quiet I quitting? I thought it was You're like where there? you just like quietly resign or just so, stop working. Wow. So this is for the people that are still there that instead of quitting, they're going to just do what they feel is a necessary, adequate amount of work for the amount they're getting paid. Job. You know what's crazy? Wow. I've been hearing a lot about this. Yeah, I'm not even going to lie. I've been hearing a lot of talk on social media just because people are like, especially with Beyonce's Break My 
soul. I'm not going to lie to people. Like, you're not going to take <laughs> everything from me. You're not going to break my soul. My boss is not going to take everything from me. So everybody, everybody's like, no, I'm going to protect my peace, self-care. I got to protect my mind and my mental. So every, everybody's kind of prioritizing their mental health a lot more. So I feel like that's where that kind of stems from a little bit, too. Folks is working on quitting basically because it's like if you're doing the bare minimum you probably gonna get fired soon <laughs> no well that's what not. i was wondering because you're there's not. nobody out there everybody is hiring but my thing <laughs> is is that uh to me you know being having <laughs> worked in job. hr and this career stuff and everything how are they being evaluated i mean you know that mm. that that's the that's the thing for me you know how do you evaluate i have recently i have recently been in this situation and i don't have a problem saying everything i'm about to say i'm about Ooh, to school good. all of y'all on <laughs> that because go. i have been the manager position and i have understood why the employees do what they do first of all pre-pandemic these jobs were protecting their peace they had people mm-hmm. working like runaway slaves all the way to last minute, asking a little bit more, asking a little bit more, firing a little bit more, firing a little bit more, hiring a little bit less, hiring a little bit less, and mm-hmm. then re-delegating the work <laughs> to, to more to your plate, more to this plate, more. Well, they ha- and this is the term that they use because I had to use this term and I said I would never use it. Do they have capacity to take mm. more on? So that means mm-hmm. that we know that we push them to the limit. But can we get can something else out? Can we yeah. get some more right. so the capacity of it? Wow. So quiet quitting says that. And I actually I agree with the employee like notion it, of it because I, I have been in a position where I have had a new hire come to me and say, yeah. And I tell them what their job description is. And they say, that's not what I was hired for. And I say, mm-hmm. well, what do they hire you for and they show me what the indeed and what this says and it's nothing it is literally like three things you may be Mm -hmm. on the phone you may make phone calls that's a lie you take calls all day you get cussed out all day Mm -hmm. you know that's the and that's what i'm saying so quiet quitting it makes sense it's like i was hired these are the things that you told me to do these are the these are the pieces I'm only doing those pieces. So all this extra you want me to be above and beyond and call in three, four calls in between? No. If the policy says I have to do A, I'm doing A. If I have to do B, I'm doing B. Don't ask me to do A.1.2.3 to get to B. So I actually understand that because it is ridiculous. It gets to be the point where the the company says, I'm not paying overtime, but I still want you to do 20 hours with a working eight. Mm -hmm. I can see what you're saying. So basically they're like, look, this is what you hired me for. And this is exactly what I'm going to do. And so evaluations come around and evaluations come around. And they, and then the thing is, is they say, well, you know, we asked you to do this, this, and this. And a lot of companies, even though they change your workload, they don't make you assign updated documentation that's a part of your workload. So you are only doing what was initially on your mm-hmm. workload schedule. Mm-hmm. So they can't ask you about why you didn't take 15,000 more calls because that wasn't even on your your original thing. So mm. that's why I said, as far as evaluations, they can try to evaluate that, but I'll be like, that's not my part of my job description. And if they say, yes, it is, it's like, I never signed anything or I never initially found out that this, this was, I was asked to do this, but this was not made to be my description. So I applaud 
the employees. Okay. Make so these Cole people pay you. Quiet Make these quitting. people pay you. Make these people pay I you. I agree with Cole with the quiet quitting. I'm not going to, I feel like um, before I, I knew exactly what it was, uh, before Snook told us the definition, I feel like I kind of did quiet quitting a little bit. When, so Renee makes fun of me, but when school, when, when the pandemic first happened, oh I literally checked out out of like school, out of everything. Like I completely stopped doing work. I couldn't and- believe it. <laughs> In this article, it says that uh, this uh, individual who did the uh, interview said the risk of quiet quitting, according to Jarvis, is that an employee who is less invested in their job may be more likely to be laid off in a down economy. So, like they I said, but, but my thing is, you can't lay off people, people when you can't hire people. That's you my go. thing. That's you the cannot part. let people go. Companies have to deal with it. They have yeah. to because they they don't have anybody to replace people. And so quiet quitting is a way for them, for the employee to let them know, this is what you pay me to do. This is what I'm doing. And this is it. My professors did not appreciate my quiet quitting. They were like, uh, no, you are still getting a zero for all these assignments you that you missed. <laughs> let me tell you, and, you, and to, t- to Sam's point, let me tell you what happened to me. So quiet quitting, literally, I had an employee where they hired her. They hired her she would have made more money if she got laid off and had unemployment that's how they hired her and they knew they was dead wrong for it right so my supervisor who actually was the person who hired her not the hr person who decided to pay but the person who hired her my supervisor was like uh yeah i got somebody but heads up it's going to be rough because her pay wage is really really low so Basically, she was telling me, you get what you get and you don't do it. And you so don't, don't do it. <laughs> so, Not saying that with the employees, though. You know, they used to say that with she, food. Oh, no, she told blog. me she knows because she knew I was going to come back to her office if I didn't know a heads up on what was about to happen. So she gave me the heads up. Wow. And this poor girl, they told her she would get a raise after 90 days. They told her, you know, they just sold her the world because they needed to fill a position. Like you said, mm-hmm. there's nobody out there that couldn't do it. So then once we get in there and we're doing all this stuff, she was missing days. She was coming in late. She was on lunch, like wait for 30 minutes <laughs> and too long. And look at you like, what you going to do? And, and I went back to my supervisor because then here comes the complaints of, well, we saw her and she's not on doing it and she's not answering her phone. And I looked at my supervisor and said, and what? You going to fire her? She can make more mm. money at home than she can in this office. Right. And she's like, I know, but we can't have, I said, then you shouldn't hire, you, you shouldn't hire someone when you know it's going to be a problem. You hired her knew, knowing it was going to be a problem. It was going to be your problem. It though. was going to be my they, problem. That's why my they gave problem. it to me. <laughs> they gave it to me. And when she, and when I'm sitting there and they're like, well, we need you to write her up for what? I'm not writing her. You write her up. I told him I'm not writing her up because what? She probably is waiting for us to fire her. Just go ahead and fire her. She can get unemployment and find something else Mm -hmm. because y'all lied to her out the gate. So is there ever going to be a time where people has like, it's like, can you put the genie back in the bottle? People no. are living their Pandora's best lives. Working no, from that's home it. now. Mm-hmm. Pandora's like box. Yeah. People are living off less and they're happy. So mm-hmm. they're going to figure out a way to stay less and happy. They don't and have honestly, to And honestly, I feel it. like COVID changed everything. I really yeah. feel like like after COVID, people are really taking care of their mind. Just, I mean, mm-hmm. even just me personally, I didn't even think that mental health was even something that I even ever even thought about. But then once we got in lockdown, I'm like, oh, wait, why am I feeling so weird? You know, but it's like something that people almost came to a realization. Like, I got to take care of myself. Oh, you know, so I feel like that 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 definitely changed the scheme of everything. 
Yep. Well, I yep. like it, y'all. I like it. So that's what we have in the newsroom this week. Hey, I, you know, we're going to keep doing this, but as you can see, there's a lot going on. Know what's going on around you. That's all I'll say. Just know I'm what's just going letting on you around know. I'm getting ready to quiet quit this job. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed. You went away. Snook. I knew it was coming. Us. She was looking at us and she about to say something. <laughs> Coming up next, we have actress, comedian, all of the above mom, Miss Pat. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. amazing journey all the way around and you started with a memoir so I want to start there like a lot of people ain't writing memoirs and, and doing that so what made you just like get in there and just do that girl let me start by saying I ain't wrote no damn memoir okay my GED don't expand that far okay but I know how to tell a good story <laughs> Um, I was approached a couple of years back uh, by a young lady who heard me on the podcast. She just came up to me and said, I had a story. So, you know, it's Hollywood and I'm from the streets. So I'm like, girl, get out of my face. I don't want to hear that. Because, you know, they'll tell you you got a story and they think, you know, you be doing cocaine. So, <laughs> so I'm very leery when you run up on me because I'm from the streets. And, you know, she turned out to be genuine and she helped me get a book deal with um, through Hopper Collins. Day Street is part of Hopper Collins, and they, and we wrote a book, and it started. Nice. Well, the journey didn't start there, but to get the message out there, or to get my story out there, really started there. I can believe that though. If somebody's like, "Hey, I want to write a book with you and do all these things." It could sound a little bit like, "Yeah, all right, I've heard that before." But then when it started to become real, like when did for you, you was like, "Oh, this is really about to be some things." I mean, when they gave crazy. me a deposit. Yeah. <laughs> when that check came when that, that check cleared I was like the first thing I said these white people gonna give me all this money to tell these damn stories that I be telling on the phone to my friends all the time yes <laughs> yes and that's exactly yes. it that's yes. I mean, you have an amazing story though you yeah, have an amazing yes. story so yes. I mean I, I'm sure that has helped a, a lot of people because just reading about you is like wow it sounds like like something that could be a movie or a show like as you did you know it all started you know I grew up I grew up in I'm from Atlanta so I grew up here in the inner city of Atlanta and I guess that's where all the crazy story come from my, my grandfather had a bootleg house that's the so did where- my grandmother <laughs> <laughs> you know my granddad would keep the change around the refrigerator and, and back in the day bootleg alcohol came in a gallon jug so he would keep it locked up it looked like cold water in the refrigerator but it was actually moonshine <laughs> oh, hey, man, I'm on a, I'm on a, I'm on a uh, computer. I'm sorry, them, them keys. You know, 
<laughs> I love it. That's real. A real That's life real. suburban mom, right? Come on. <laughs> so, you know, that that's where the journey started at, at the bootleg house with my granddaughter. So I just mm-hmm. told those stories and people started to pay attention. I really didn't think, you know, the stories was funny. I tell I try to tell everything funny because I hate for people to cry. I don't need your tears. I've cried my own tears. One of the messages that I always try to get out there, when you can take the darkest thing in your life and laugh about it, then you have control. I could tell the same story and make you cry. And then I could turn around to that story again and make you laugh. So I just choose laughter over everything. You know, even if y'all watch the season two of the Miss Pat show, we talked about molestation, my mama boyfriend who molested me, but it's all in a funny way. And people are like, how can you laugh at that? I couldn't control the thumbs that went up my ass, but I can make jokes about the thumbs that what? went up my Ms. ass. Miss Pat! <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but that's interesting because all comedians do the same thing, though. You take real life situations and you find the humor in it on your own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because we're, we're all sitting here well, and we're working. Oh, I think let's, let me turn my cell phone on, girl. I'm, I'm getting a phone call. <laughs> I told you, my kids hooked this shit up. I don't know why. I was like, what is it? I actually thought the lights went out. <laughs> this, this is, you know, like speaking of kids, so they see everything going on. So, do you talk to them or do you, do you keep it like 100% honest and real with them about everything that's happened in your life? My kids are grown. I have a 36, a 35, a 24, and a 22. I have custody of my niece kids. My third set of crack babies, which I'm done. I ain't taking care of no more family okay. kids. Everybody can go to hell. Look I, I'm no done. I'm 50. I'm old. I, I'm done doing babies. I've had one. She's B10. I've had this girl since she was two weeks old. My two's been tied. Uh, I've had all my abortions that I'm have. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> you know that makes well, it seems like the whole everybody being done now you know now Roe versus Wade being overturned that's a whole nother subject uh, right. it's somebody cooking up an abortion clinic and they keep going oh with that <laughs> you can buy some scissors to do what you need to do <laughs> black folks will sell you anything watch how many of these pop-up kitchen abortions happen don't let the white folks take it off the market. <laughs> that makes me think of something, though, because now with the way that people's feelings are set up, the times, do you feel like you need to change the way you deliver comedy? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you cover gender, pronouns, you cover everything, but you do it. Mm-hmm. You just... <laughs> I do the hell I want to do. They let me do what the hell I want to do. I mean, you know, like, everything is it's, it's funny because I was thrown into that gender now pronoun thing my daughter brought a kid home like that one day and so i'm sifty y'all either you was gay or you was straight or you was a girl or boy that's what we called them back in the day you can't say them words anymore but i had never heard of him them damn there and pronoun so i was like what you mean non-ginger i mean actually the whole uh the ginger neutral thing came because i didn't know what they was talking about i was like you you neutral and my daughter was like, no, because, <laughs> you know, I have a gay daughter. I have a gay daughter, right. so I know what it is to be gay. But all these other pronouns, that confused the shit out of me. I said, hey, I, I met a kid like this through my daughter, which was very interesting. Because you wouldn't say he was a boy or a girl. He's just say 
pronouns. I'm like, well, shit, I just learned nouns in school. Well, what's your verbs? <laughs> I-, <laughs> I honestly think that's the beauty of your show, though. Like, you cover these topics, and I be crying real tears yes. laughing because yes. we all had they were real serious yes. topics. <laughs> but, and then you, and you're not the only one. I'm sure, you know, like, a mm-hmm. lot of people are confused, you know, about it, because it's not, it's a very complex subject to talk yes, about, you know, but is. the way that you talk about it is hilarious, and, you know, it, it brings it's like everything doesn't have to be so over serious like you said earlier yeah you know no because you know my first child is gay that's why i also did a gay episode because as black people you're taught if you're not man and woman is something wrong with you especially back in those days because i'm 50 now and so Mm -hmm. i wanted to do the episode of my daughter being gay because I went to prison for trafficking cocaine and something I did not like was gay women. But when that crap come into your household and you love your child, you start to take off your head and say, well, I ain't the one got to eat her. I can still love my child. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, it's not like, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> That's deep, man. That's real, real, real deep. No, I, I said, well, I'm she put her mouth on. That ain't my damn mouth. I just know I wouldn't eat what I give out. But hey. <laughs> so it made me change my mind about the whole my daughter being a lesbian, because in the end, I do love my child. My and it just, it opened, it opened my world up, you know, to, you know, just, did, hold on for a second. Can y'all be quiet? I, I, I'm scared to put you on mute because I'm going to cut the camera out because I don't know how to do it. So, <laughs> I kind of like the real mom life happening. I was going to say, kinda, I love that. I love, I love it. <laughs> so, you know, I love my child. And one thing I yeah. don't play about is my child. So I told her, you know, eat all you want to eat. Just don't do it at my house. <laughs> hey, I mean, and, and that would be with anything, right? Whether yeah. whether whether a man, woman, whatever. Just don't yeah. do it in my house. I tell my son every day, I tell my son, I say, your son is gay. No, he's not. I say, he's gay as hell. He gay. <laughs> Five years old, but I said, boy, he got sugar in his tank, like they used to say. <laughs> you know, Miss Pat, yeah, you're not supposed to say these things anymore, Miss Pat. <laughs> Sugar in the tank. What's wrong with sugar in the tank? Yeah, that could be Kool-Aid. That sounds like that sounds that sounds like Diddy. Oh Lord. But yeah, you know that made me think of a line you said on the show. Like you said to your son on the show, like, I'll kill you and claim you on my taxes. Are those like real life lines that you say in real life that you just uh, when y'all watch the second season, you you'll see the show is so real to my real life that the co-creator. Literally, when we was developing the show, he had a whole list of things that I just said out the rip or we in the car. And it was so crazy because when it was time to write it, he's like, oh, yeah, you said this right here. I was like, when did I say that? (laughs) He always kept magic in a bottle with me. And then when he put it out there, it is just so real. Because I'll be like, oh, that do sound like me. He was like, you said that. Even the idea of me cussing on the show came from the co-creator. Because I was like, you don't put a big black woman cussing on TV? And he's like, I'm putting a mom that's real on TV. Boom. That's right. Boom. Because we hear it live. You just had to tell folks, be quiet. I'm trying to do a podcast. But that's... That's, I think, the thing about the show that I like the most. I don't even usually like a lot of sitcoms, but this one feels so real. It feels like I'd have been in them situations, like I'd have been in some of them. Yes. How did it get to the point where you have one show that airs explicitly, you can say everything, and then there's other places where you have more of a, like, how did that come about? So the show was created only for BET Plus. 
Because it was originally a Hulu, and Hulu dropped it. So BET picked it up. It was only supposed to be on BET Plus. Well, it did so well. Boom. And it like broke mm. out. People went crazy. Over. So they moved it over to Paramount, uncensored. But they put it on TV, which is BET, but they bleeped it and they cut out all the monologue. When it came out, people act like it was a new show. Oh my God, I just love this show. And I was like, this show is so much better if you would take your ass over to BET Plus <laughs> and look what they really took from you. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get at. It is almost two different shows, but if you watch, yeah, she right. If you watch that BET one, it's hilarity. Like, but congratulations, first of all. Yes. You guys yes. yes. The show is popping, baby. We put it on TV. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Congrats. Also, we heard about the Emmy nomination for the best comedy series director. And that's yes. that's amazing. Yes. You know what? We let me say this. BET Plus is only two years old, y'all. So we the little show over there that wish we could. And when I remember when I first got picked up from them, we got dropped from Hulu because Hulu is large. I was a little hurt. But then mm -hmm. I had to tell my co-creator, I said, one thing I've learned in life, you got to fuck with people who want to fuck with you. So that's right. That's right. That's you can't right. force to be in nobody's house if they don't want you in their house. He was, but he was like, but they're only two years old. And plus, I had never heard of BET Plus. Never had I ever, I, I didn't even know either. they had it now. So when we went over there and I told him, I said, one thing I know how to do is set up a trap. I've trafficked enough cocaine in my life to know how to get people to come and buy the good shit. And he was like, what are you talking about? I said, as long as we make it good, they're going to come. Word of mouth. When people talk, they talk at the dinner table, at the bus stop, in the bathroom. If it's good, they're going to share it. And what happened was they shared it. People are like, oh, my God, this is so good. They'll text five of their friends who never heard of Miss Pat or the Miss Pat show. And that got it popping and it broke the app. On our first season in the getting nominated for an Emmy, oh, BET has never been nominated for an Emmy. At BET, yes. look at that. Awesome. First nomination. That's awesome. That is amazing. That's amazing. Listen, I know, like, I like we are TV connoisseurs. We know yes. a good show when we see one. Yeah, so we're I about like to binge the whole season. Right. Mm -hmm. I like that <laughs> though. The energy is getting put behind it because it is a good show. And so, what's like the hopes for this show? Is it going to be like our new, like, we, you know, like there's Martins, there's those. It's already starting out so. legendary, Miss Pat. I, you know what's so crazy <laughs> when we was doing it first everybody do say this show is a little bit of martin a little bit of lucy because the, the co-creator is a big lucy fan he grew up watching oh, sick I, I grew up selling Amazing. dope i just have a story <laughs> so i get i get compared to martin burning mac a lot mm -hmm. archie bunker because you know I all say in the family are scared to say so yeah, i'm hoping that it looked like we might end up being legendary. I hope we win an Emmy, you know, for BET and for BET Plus to say, no matter where you put me, I'm the mm. underdog. Everybody was nominated for 17 Emmys and <laughs> all of this and all of that. And I look and I say to myself, hey, y'all, my show just is good. But you want to ignore me because I'm on BET Plus. But I don't go ignore. Even if I got to get butt ass naked and shake my titties in your face, you <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I tell people, they was like, oh my God, the first, the second season is so much better than the first season. I said, well, you ain't even seen the third season. Oh, <laughs> I like it. I love that. Are, there's no material. You're not going to run out of material, are you, Miss Pat? Like, I mean. One of the things me and my co-creator, Jordan E. Cooper, said, we said, when the material is gone, we gone. We want to be the one to cut the lights off on this show. But I swear to you, every time a season ends, 
I have 20 more ideas that we could have done. And I asked him the other day, I said, are we ever going to run out of stuff? But listen, you said this is based on your real life. You're still raising exactly. babies. You're still exactly. raising They're babies. Still and you still got stories to tell. <laughs> Family members. I mean, day-to-day things that I deal with. I mean, you know, and I just take those things and I put them into shows. And I talk to the language of the people. Like, I'm a real family. You know, you have this black man that plays my husband. His name is J. Bernard Calloway. When the woman are fat, she always chasing the man. And I, I never understood it. I was like, y'all, I'm 50 years old. I have never had a problem getting laid. So why do, why do y'all have fat like, women chasing why, me? Why is, why is that even a thing? Yeah, like, why, why is that a thing? Like that. <laughs> I've been I getting laced since elementary school, so I'm, I'm good. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I still can't wait. You're sitting right here, but this is crazy. Okay, this so, Miss awesome. Pat, you got season three coming out. Do you want to take it somewhere else? Do you want to go to NBC, get on mainstream thing? Like, like, yeah. what is the goal? Like, year 10. I'm not saying right now, but down the line, is it like... I want to stay right where I'm at, because let me tell you something about BET and BET+. Plus. They understand the blackness. They ain't trying to tone down no blackness. They right. you know, let me tell you something. Every woman don't cook, but every time it's a family on TV, they got that bitch in the kitchen chopping vegetables. This is 2023. <laughs> nobody cook no more with all this. Look, I haven't even been to the grocery store. DoorDash, all that. <laughs> we don't even go to the grocery store to get. We had that shit delivered at the door. Look, hey, man. <laughs> the hey, That's what man. I'm talking about. Every day, hey, man. If you chopping vegetables, it better be Thanksgiving, Easter, or Christmas. Ain't no bitch. <laughs> Making no potato salad on no Wednesday. <laughs> you better buy it and doctor it up. What you know about the doctor it up, boy? So that you know, I think that acting obviously it came naturally. But which one do you like more? Like is stand up acting? Like are. Uh- I love I love stand up. Let me tell you why I love stand up. Stand up is what got me here. Stand up is what I own. Stand up is what I control. Don't get it twisted. This default show, it just got my name on it. I just put my ideas in. At the end of the day, they spending them millions of dollars every week to make this show. Not me. They paying me. So in the end, this is day shit. Stand up <laughs> is my shit. It's what I control. Nobody can ever take that from me. Right. That's, right. that's looking like a yes. true businesswoman. Yeah, like, yeah, we dropping yes. love that nuggets on folks. And so with yes. stand up, okay, is there any chance that there's gonna be a Queens of Comedy type of stuff coming back where it's like folks come mm. in there, the headliners are the headliners? And what are your thoughts on that concept? I'll just say. You know, I, I like I like working alone. I don't want to okay. be grouped with anybody. I mean, not that I want, but right now I'm enjoying working alone. It's my show. It's me. They mm-hmm. came to see me. Like mm-hmm. I'm moving in the theaters now, but I'm moving in there by myself. So okay, I wait just, a minute. I just, I mean, I, I really enjoy. And if you look at some of the best comedians, they did it by themselves, not with a whole build or a bunch of comedians. Yeah, so I just like I like working by myself. I like doing my own show and doing what I do. But again. Not to say if you're going to pay me that I won't jump on the show because I'll be there. (laughs) That's right. The brand that I'm trying to do is for me to be by myself. Love it. And so when you're talking about, yeah, headliner. So when you're talking about like, we talk about legacy and different things of that nature. You got TV now. You were a legend before you got the TV for the stand up. So like, what's something that you want to try to do? Actually, I have an overall deal with BET Plus and uh, Paramount. So I would like to do movies. I mean, I haven't been in a movie yet. So I would love to write a movie and be in it. Oh, wow. 
I just want to develop. I really like developing. You know, carrying a show is a lot of fucking work, especially with me. I, mm. I got an eighth grade education. I'm so tired of reading strips. I, I ain't never written. <laughs> that's true, that, though. That, that, that is, is a lot of that's a lot of the stuff people don't. They probably think comedians just rock up there to just go and be funny. But you got scripts, you got lines. Do you add how much is it ad libbing too in there? Oh, God. You know, first season, I tried not to ad-lib because I didn't want to take over the, the strip. So mm -hmm. now, I second season, I ad-libbed a lot. Okay. And is that like, was that <laughs> like easier? Was it easier? Yeah. You're a comic, so our minds are always going. And if, mm -hmm. like, say if the scene is written and I know what I would do or I would really say or if I think of something funny, I just, I just said, hey, let's do it again and do this. But also my co-creator did the same thing. We shoot in front of a live studio audience in Atlanta. So one thing about shooting a lot, you, we rehearse for four days. So as you hear the material, the strip changes every day. So what is that like to be I in was front just of a, ask a that. live that? studio audience? Like, that's, that's like different... theater. That's, you know, it's yeah. like you, you can only do so many takes, right? front of a, a live studio, we, we rehearse for four days. So it, I'm a comedian. So when you give me an audience, I'm going to act the damn food. So you're going to bring it in every take. So it's like watching a live play. I mean, our audience is off the chain. They mm -hmm. dance. We have a DJ. We have an MC in between takes. And it is so much fun. This is the first time in Atlanta, Georgia has ever had a live studio audience with a sitcom. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. We were down there and we didn't even, I was down there and didn't even know. We, this could have been something. Nah, we, we, yeah, we, we, we want to be part of the audience next time. So, oh, so yes. for next time, you know, when the and next season starts filming, we're going to pull up the whole cast. Oh, we have <laughs> so much fun. We It's oh. a party child. We dance. We holler, we scream. It started off with just 25 people. And since COVID, the most we could get like 110. And girl, we was turning people away at the end. It's like the new thing to wow. do here. Go watch the Miss Pat shows tape live. That wow, is crazy. Amazing. Whose idea was that to do a live audience? Uh, my co-creator. Yeah, because wow, he's big wow. on, well, you know, Multicam mm -hmm. has started to die. So people stopped shooting mm -hmm. in front of lives to your order and just use uh, laugh track. So we didn't okay, want to use laugh track. We wanted real laughter each wow. and every week. So he was like, the show is moving from LA to Atlanta. Let's shoot in front of lives to your order. And I was like, a lives to your order? They don't do that, Danny. He's like, well, we're going to do it. And it was rough <laughs> getting it up and going. And we got it up and going. And it's, it's, it's just killing every week. That's and so it, it used to film in LA at first, you said? We filmed the pilot in L.A. Oh, OK, OK, OK. And now everything gets filmed here in the A. So you get to stay yeah. home and everything. Well, yeah. And I work uh, I work on the radio station on V103 in the morning. OK, Miss right, Pat, you, you just down. a mogul. I'm writing this down. I'm, writing I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I love to see us winning. And this is like some realness. And so I just last question but i always ask people this because like you've changed everything for your family in a sense of like you now there's a whole nother path you talking about making movies that's not normal i want you to know so like what is like generational wealth or you know like that idea of generational mean to you um i'm gonna leave them a little some <laughs> <laughs> me too me too <laughs> Yeah, Steve Harvey said I'm gonna leave about 10% of all the earnings. Y'all got it on the own after that. Like y'all gotta work for it. 
<laughs> you know, because you got you got one child you want to give a little bit more to. Like, that fucked up child. I know, mama, you can't say it because your daughter, but everybody, I love all of them, but I got yes. one I don't like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I got God. one or two of them I like. <laughs> do you have a favorite a, a lot of parents won't tell you i can tell you who the favorite is who renee is, is the favorite she's been the favorite since birth me and oh, me and the shay no, 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 will mm-hmm. say that renee has been the favorite since birth you, she can say no that's not true i'm the youngest leave with she's i'm the, the youngest, youngest and then it just she's makes the youngest like, so she like, got away no, with no, more no. not the favorite <laughs> but she got she got less of the brunt of a lot of the things that went on in her house. Like when everybody was getting in trouble, Renee just seemed to not be in trouble. It just seemed like for some reason she was I'm never in goodness. trouble. So I just, I be say. in my own lane. Listen Look at that. your mama. Your mama said, I'm going to my grave with that one. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, uh, you, you got that right, Miss Pat. You, you know what? Right. She look just like you, Miss New. That's what it is. Because my oldest daughter look just like me. And she get on my damn nerves. <laughs> 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 that's exactly it well, I there's going to be a lot of moms listening like yeah I, I definitely got a favorite I, mean, no. <laughs> I tell Pat. moms in their face my favorite is June but everybody else can go to hell oh, <laughs> she said a name Uh-oh, everybody else was a one night stand June <laughs> was my baby <laughs> I can't believe Miss Pat is sitting right here y'all Miss Pat thank you Ms. for joining Pat, us thank you thank you this was great it was so much fun so Bob. Y'all go Listen. check out the Miss Pat show if you got some sense. BT yes. Plus preferred. Yes. <laughs> Season two is out right now. And if you don't have BT Plus, you can get it on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's out. So please go check it out. And it's, it's you know, it's some really deep episode. You know, young ladies, all of us black, I did a black hair episode that oh. is going crazy on the internet. And it's, it's really wow. to show you what a root of the pain of the black hair come from and it's combing a little girl hair and the wrong things parents choose to say like set your nappy head ass down you're crunching you know how some parents do not you miss look i said oh my hair was i know my hair they call them b2b's we know what you're talking about let me tell you let me tell you my hair was the challenge i had as you can see i had the the probably the thickest and the most coarse hair so I think my hair was the reason why we all went to the hairdresser. My mother was like, yeah. after she did mine, she was like, does everybody go on? I can't do another head. So, so <laughs> that's episode three. Make sure y'all check out the season two of the Miss Pat show. My, my website is misspatcomedy.com for all my tour dates. Thank you, ladies. Miss so Pat try to make one. I definitely want to be that one. Coming up next, we're going to talk about it. We got the MoCo Debates. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to have some moco debates once we post this i want to hear y'all's thoughts too because these are you know it's opinion based there's no wrong answer right probably not anyways let's get it popping moco debates we're going to start out with a heavy hitter and i know that this is going to really split some households whitney houston or mariah carey whitney houston or mariah carey let's go i want to hear this whitney hands down hands down hands down because i mean mariah she can get up there and tweet with the birds and get all up in them in them octaves but whitney got that soul behind her voice she got that gospel Mm. deep down in your belly soul Mm. and that's what i like so i'm gonna say whitney okay cold with whitney and uh yeah okay that was a classic (laughs) so you know you can't go wrong Snook, you uh, okay. <laughs> what else, y'all? Who else? Who else we got? This has been an ongoing debate since I was little. I don't know why Whitney and Mariah, they even did like a little thing together. People always put them against each other. I think it's because they both the goats. Okay. I love them both. I learned how to sing with both of them. So uh, I can't choose. <laughs> oh, man. But okay, look, I'm just thinking as an artist, right? As an artist, Mariah she does have songwriting credits, okay? Okay. And and that was something that Whitney always wanted. She wanted to write music and she didn't really get to write a lot of any of her music. So I would say just in the, the artistry and royalties thing, I would say Mariah. I don't know. Okay. I'm so sorry. I love you, Whitney. So we got Mariah because Mariah is not only singing her hits, she's writing some of them things too. Sweet mm. love, come rescue me. Take me up, take me down. <laughs> Take me anywhere you want to, baby, now. Out of all the Mariah songs, that's, that's your favorite? You like that one? Well, that's the only one that popped in my mind, but being <laughs> Mariah, that popped in my mind, too. But it's like a jukebox sitting here. Ain't no telling. Snookabooka. Mom, come on over to the right side. Come on over yeah, to the right side. Go ahead. Come on over well, here. I think I'm going with Whitney as well. Um, Woo! Not for any particular reason, just because. But I think that if you were to play a Mariah song and play a Whitney song, that more people will recognize Whitney versus recognizing Mariah. That's Ooh, all okay. I like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So what would we consider Mariah's best song? Does anybody, like, what is Mariah's most famous song? Christmas song. That's the one <gasps> I say is Wait her a minute, best y'all song. Wait a minute. If y'all gonna try to go against Mariah's Christmas album... <laughs> no, 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 no. You said... <laughs> no, no, no. You said... No, no, no. You said what is her best song. Okay, I said so, the Christmas because song the, is I'm gonna tell you what my mind song. did because I was gonna say the way that you debate <laughs> is you go head to head. Your best versus my best. What you got. It's like the versus challenge. Hit to hit or whatever. So I was gonna say best hit versus best hit but then y'all made me realize and remember that Mariah Carey has one of the greatest... Christmas albums. I'll uh, give it to her. The, I mean, yeah. and that to me, ooh, every year we we turn it up yeah, to but, Mariah. But we every live year. eleven other months besides December. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that will end yes. that debate. Moving there on. You go. <laughs> Moving right along. Keeping it in the music industry, 50 Cent had made a statement that said that Eminem is the greatest rapper of all time. He said that a lot of people may have a problem with that because when you associate rap music, you associate that with the culture of rap, which may be associated with the black community. As we know, Eminem is white. So when 50 Cent said that Eminem was the greatest rapper of all time, there were people that agreed and there were people that disagreed. So we're going to have a little MoCo debate about that as well. Do you agree that Eminem is the greatest rapper of all time? What? I say oh my no. <laughs> oh, well, why you say no, Ma? Why you say no? What you just said about the culture part of it. I, I think that sometimes race, when you put it into culture, I know from being in Detroit where uh, he lived, there was a lot of culture. That's yep. why he has his uh, rap the way he does because he's living in the culture. He was influenced. I don't think he's the greatest of all time. I would personally say because I know how it's impacted and I might be a little old-fashioned looking at this and not have all of the new stuff, but I would say Jay-Z because I just feel from my age okay, group... Okay, H to the Izzo, V to the Izzo. Is that he was the one who kind of uh, freed all the rappers to making that money and separating from the uh, record companies or whatever. So that's why I would go with Jay-Z, although his music is great, that he also freed a whole lot of rappers. Snook went philosophical. (laughs) (laughs) We said debate and Professor Snook. He freed a whole lot of rappers and helped them increase their pocketbook. Go ahead. She came with the facts. Well, since that that took a turn, because I wasn't going to even go there. I, I mean, you don't say, have to go there. That's that's Snook's debate. But but now that she made that point, <laughs> it's a little it's a little sticky because if I go by just their music, I honestly think that Jay Z is a much better rapper in his. He does different types yeah. of rap. Mm-hmm. It's not the same every single time. I want to say it's something different. He like evolves with the time. Everything I hear that Eminem, and I could be wrong because I'm old school, I don't listen to it, but it sounds like it's still the same stuff we listened to years ago. Mm-hmm. So still, so, he's still on Haley? <laughs> well, <laughs> Ma, no, no. Well, I was going to say, that's what I was going to say. Does it matter how viral someone is? Because at a certain point, there was nothing bigger in the world than Eminem. Like, I, like there was a moment where Ooh. Eminem could have been the biggest thing in the world at that moment when everybody was dying their hair. I don't know. I don't think so. I'm just asking. Look, I'm just asking the questions because I just know that Eminem had very viral moments and times where. But see, it's a moment. It's a moment. I don't think that viral equates to being a, the yeah. greatest of all time. Okay. Yeah. And then the other thing about Eminem is that he actually did what a lot of the other rappers did, but uh, people were fascinated that his life was so. Uh, similar to he, mm. he what his rap was. But was does very that matter similar. about his rap? Because they didn't expect it from him. That's what I'm just trying to say. I know, but you are going very philosophical. And it's like, if you wipe <laughs> away 8 Mile and you wipe away whatever... 50 Cent is even saying wipe away the fact that he's white. And that's exactly what he's saying. He's saying regardless of who you are, if you never saw Eminem a day in your life and you never knew that he was 
white, black, whatever, and you just listen to him rap, yeah. you would have to say that his lyrics and the way he uses his his lyrics, he's the greatest of all. Right. I think that's I what he was trying to say. It too long, Serena. We haven't heard from you on this debate. Nah, nah. Look, I don't want to make this debate any longer, but <laughs> I think that we can all agree that Eminem is not, I'm sorry, I love him. He's not the greatest of all time. There's a lot of people that we'll probably get into arguments with. Some people will argue that Tupac is the greatest of all time. Some people will argue that Biggie is the greatest of all time. I'm from New York, so there's a, it was always a Nas or or Jay-Z debate. I'm on the Nas side because I'm from Queens, so I always said that Nas (laughs) is the greatest rapper of all time. Kanye West even said it. He said Nas is programmed to be the best rapper in our video game and this thing that we call life is he called it a video game because he's, you know, he's Kanye. But he said that Nas (laughs) is programmed to be the best rapper alive in our video game and I believe it. I believe it. I love Biggie. He, he, he's my favorite i would say because i'm from new york biggie got my heart but nas you know he's still killing it in the business world oh man he's hands down the goat now that's true we're not going to take it to the business okay okay well like i said i came from the sugar hill bunch so you know (laughs) hey you see this is why musical debates can always continue and go on because music is a preference. Music is what fills your soul, what feeds music your soul. Life. But if we are talking numbers, Eminem and the Beatles were the top selling artists of the 2000s. Just throwing that out there. I don't know if that mm. matters in debates, but Eminem and the Beatles were the top selling artists of the whole 2000s. I think, I think a good philosophical question, though, you asked it one time and we don't got to get into this, but this is just something to leave off and think about. But what is the criteria of a great of a goat? You know, like what 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 makes it? Is it the sales? Is it the messaging? Is it what is it? You know, because if you're talking about sales, then that is controversial right there. When you talk about goats and this is what gets me, there are no goats actually in anything because it is impossible to compare one era things that happen that happened in another era. So, you know, there's never any goats you can say during his period he was the best or during this period he was the best but this goat topic it really gets me because it just is no way in the world <laughs> no, that I you feel can you see, say someone is a goat because uh, like I said back in the day the rules were different like in sports and things that you could do on the court were different That's so true. there's no goats out there. The three point line got introduced but you know before that players were playing that's true when we talk about the greatest of all time and if you didn't know that's what GOAT stands for when we're talking about the greatest of all time Serena's right I had asked the question before how do you determine it is it sales is it public opinion is it you know artistry is it the fact that you can play more instruments and sing is it are you a writer there's so many different things that can be determined that's why it's a debate and we're going to keep having these debates okay MoCo Debates you know, as I listen to Miss Pat talk about her life, she's been through a lot. You know, you can Google it, you can read about it, but she said something that really stuck with me that she took back control of her life by taking back control of the things that happen in her life. And so that's something that, you know, like I always an athlete, as an athlete, we're taught to control your controllables. And Miss Pat, literally, I know she wasn't an athlete and, and all this and that, but that's a very strong way of thinking to where no matter what situation you're in, no matter where you were born, no matter where you start, convicted felon or not, no matter what you are, suburban mom or not, like you control you. And so, you know, she makes comedy and light out of it. I love it. Catch y'all next week where it's a generational thing.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.